we're going to continue, as the Lord has said, in the book of Joshua. We're going to continue in the book of Joshua this morning. And we have been uh, going through a, it's almost like a, a little mini-series in regards to what God is telling us for this upcoming year for our lives. And to move on to do something differently, the Lord says, because it's like a battle plan. If you miss any part of the battle plan, then you will lose your victory. You will, you will not know what to do when it comes down to, to the battle. So what he instructed me to do is go back a little bit, bring up people that may have been absent that did not for whatever reason it may be, if you know they were absent, but you have to have every part of, of the battle plan. So we're going to do a brief review, and that's just so important. But we're going to take off from from where we were on Wednesday night. But I do want to do a, a a brief review because of the fact that the Lord has told us that in this coming year, and uh, uh, it's a new, it's a new frontier. It's a land of opportunities. It's a land of possibilities. Prior to that, he, he instructed us to, to slay the giants that was in our life, not to take those giants over into our new season, into our new year. Then the Lord says to us uh, uh, about, this, about this frontier, it's unconquered land, it's uncharted, we've never been there before, we have to follow the, the, the Ark of the Ark Covenant, we're no longer following the cloud, which is the word. So... Wednesday night, God gave us a word in regards to cause and effect, self-examination. Now, what had happened, God had given them the battle of Jericho. Jericho is that, that, that stronghold that's within our lives. And God says that the, the first battle was a spiritual battle. And so with the first battle being a spiritual battle, the instructions were that they were not to take any spoils at all that they're supposed to kill out everything, uh, and the silver, the gold, the iron, and the brass, it all came into the treasure of the Lord. Those were specific instructions that God had given unto them in order to get that victory. Well, however, how many know that everybody do not obey or everybody does not believe the word of God when God speaks? Amen? Now, uh, on Wednesday night, we talked about how uh, when after the battle's over, after we just, uh, the stronghold has been taken, then uh, you have somebody within the house. There was somebody, and the Bible talked about Achan in, in, in that previous chapter we we're, uh, were discussing. That the word of Achan meant trouble. And so trouble, and he said he was a builder of Carmiah. Carmiah, who was uh, meaning gardener. Now the word gardener means the, uh, a planting of a seed. Or uh, what a gardener does, a gardener plants seed. Now, God revealed to us that the seed that has been planted is our hope chest of, of our harvest. So, in other words, you've got a hope chest, and your harvest is in that hope chest. A seed is just like a hope chest. Inside of that seed is your harvest. So whenever we allow trouble or the circumstances and situations of life, the things that are self-will, we will trouble the seed. So whenever we trouble the seed, then we affect our harvest. Because, see, the hope chest is holding our harvest. When we trouble it, we create problems for ourselves, and not only ourselves, but those around us. Now, the story goes about a man who decides to not follow the instructions of God, as so often we do as well. Now, uh, what happened is when he took from what God told him not to, he buried it with his own stuff. And because he did, not only was he killed, but his whole family was wiped out. So that's why it's so important that we follow um, the instructions of the Lord. Now, bringing us up to the place where we're going to begin uh, today in Joshua chapter number 8 is where we're going to begin today. Understanding now, any time we disturb our seed or the, the hope chest that, that holds our harvest, we create problems for ourselves. Amen? So now we are going to begin in Joshua number 8, chapter number 8. 
in the book of Joshua. See, because they had disobeyed what God said, when they got ready to take the next stronghold, which was Ai, now Ai is a place of ruins. And you have to understand that Ai's location was between Bethel, which is the house of God, and it was uh, at a place of ruins. When you look at that, uh, you also have to recognize the fact that not only is Ai a place of ruins, but it's also right beside a place called Beth, Beth Haven. Now, Beth Haven is the uh, 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 house of vanity. So anytime you want to know why there, our life is, or the ruins of our life or the condition of our life is messed up, it says, God says, check out what's next to it, what caused it. Vain uh, glory. Vain glory could have been the thing, very thing that has caused uh, our internal beings to be in ruins. So never think, God says, never think that we can take anything. See, Jericho was spiritual. It was, it was a major stronghold within all of our lives. Everybody knows what that stronghold is. Now, when we get to the place where we think that we can handle all the battles that comes, place in, comes forth in our life, we have to understand that we cannot handle anything. See, AI was a very small place. See, that's that small stronghold. And if we think that we can handle the, strong, the small stronghold, then we have to understand when we do not inquire from God, what happens is we mess up. We get the enemy. We cannot stand before our enemy when we do not inquire of God what we need to do or what we need to do or how we need to go into battle. Now, in chapter number 8, beginning at verse number 1. I'm going to read verse number 1 and verse 2. And then there are some things that the Lord says in his text. Now, verse 1 in chapter 8 says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, they had just lost the battle. A very small, insignificant to them, they thought. But they did not follow the path that God had instructed them from the very beginning to follow. We have to always acknowledge God in all things. We've got to consult him in all things. There is nothing that we can do uh, that's going to be successful if we do not consult God. Now, it says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee, and arise, go up to Ai, See, I have given into thy hand the king of Ai and his people and his city and his land. It's a lot right there in verse number one. Verse number two says, And thou shalt do to Ai and her king, and thou didst unto Jericho and her king. Only the spoil thereof and the cattle thereof shall ye take for a prey unto yourselves. Lay thee in an ambush for the city behind it. Now, there's some things we're going to pull from this text because we're going to do the first eight verses. Now, this is what we have to do, uh, analyze. First of all, we've got to analyze that place of defeat, the place where we were defeated. Why were we defeated in that last battle? Now, when we analyze uh, the place of defeat, there's some things we have to recognize. Whatever situation you may have faced, whatever circumstances that, that we may have faced, and we were defeated in that battle, then we've got to look at and analyze, why did I lose that battle? Why did I lose that battle? Now, first of all, we get to understand something. Inward corruptions weakens the hand, uh, which represents your power, and it also dampens the spirit of the church. Now, what are you saying? Both physically as far as the corporate church and as far as an individual. Internal or inward corruptions, inward corruptions weakens your power. Whatever is going on on the inside, if it's corruption, it will weaken the power that God has given you. It will also dampen your spirit. In other words, whenever you disturb the seed that God has placed on the inside of you, then what happens is you will weaken those internal things. You will weaken the power. Anytime we disturb that hope chest, 
that holds our harvest, it weakens the power that we have within. Now, secondly, uh, it says, inward giants. Remember we talked about the slaying of the giants. Now, it says, inward giants are more destructive than outward oppositions. Why is that? Inward giants, what's going on on the inside, is more destructive than your opposition on the outside. Why is that? It's because those inward giants that we have, they're with us always. Now, your opposition, what's out there coming up against you, it's not with you always. But those internal giants are with you every day. So that's why God said, you got to slay those giants. You cannot take them over into your new frontier. So they're corruption. So sometimes God says, we worry more about the opposition or who is against us more so than we worry about those giants that we have on the inside. Amen? Think about it. We worry about who is against us, what people then said about us, who don't like us. And what we need to be focusing on are those inward giants that's on the inside of us. Remember, right beside the place of Ai, a place of ruins, there was this other place called Beth Haven called Vainglory. Uh, 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 the house of vanity. So house of vanity has nothing to do with them folk out there. It has everything to do with the little people on the inside of us. Amen. So we got to analyze why did I lose the battle? It's the inward corruption on the inside. Now, the third lesson God says we're going to learn is this uh, from the loss of a battle. Okay, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 3. 2 Corinthians chapter number 3. And the title of the message is Living in the Now. Living in the in the now, living in the now. See, first thing we got to do is, is we've, we've got to deal with why we were defeated, why we were defeated. We've got to look at the lessons that we learned from the defeat, why we lost that battle. Now, Second Corinthians chapter number 3, are we there? Second Corinthians chapter number 3, looking at verse number 5. Looking at verse number 5. It says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves. But our what? What's that next word? Our sufficiency is of God. Our sufficiency, our ability, our competence, it is of God. See, what happened in, in, in that last battle is the same thing that we do today. Uh, Joshua sends out, he, he, he does not consult God. He sends out some men, told them to go view Ai. Ai's place of ruins. Well, when they go up and then they come back, they say, well, we just need 3,000 people. We don't need, but we need 3,000 soldiers. That's it. Well, we don't need, a, all of us do not need to go up to, and labor. First thing they pulled out of the, the puzzle was they removed unity because they said, all of us do not need to go up. Whenever we're going to go up, to, uh, to take a stronghold uh, that's within our own lives, we need everything operating in our lives. We need the study of the Word of God. We need prayer. We need meditation. We need every tool that we can have, spiritual tools, in order to defeat the enemy. They were going to do it in their own ability. Well, we have to recognize that sufficiency, the ability that we have, has to come from God in order to pull down the smallest of strongholds in our life. There's nothing you can do apart from God. So, so here he is. He's, and I understand he's, he's dismayed. He's discouraged. And think about we ourselves. Whenever we lose a battle, how we become despondent, how we dis become dismayed, how we become discouraged, God said, check out what reason you lost the battle. See, when we analyze where we went wrong, that the next time we go up, we can be successful. They did not consult God. They said, okay, the strongest stronghold, Jericho, huh, we, we took it. No, they didn't take it. It was a spiritual battle. It, it was God that did it. So now that we have to understand our sufficiency 
comes from God. Now, also look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 4 and look at verse number 7. Verse number 7, 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Are we there? It says, but we have this treasure. That means treasure, that means there is a deposit that has been made within us. Christ himself has deposited himself within us. He says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Well, see, these earthen vessels, they're frail vessels. They're very frail. And said so that the excellency or the power may be of God and where and not of us. The excellency or the power is not of us. See, sometimes we think that we can, we can, we can do it. We think we can handle it. Now, we've got to understand something about, about, about these earthen vessels. The earthen vessels are made from dust. In the book of Ecclesiastes, it talks about how these old earthly bodies, they're going to go back to the dust. But what happens is, is your, your, your soul, your spirit, it's going to go back to be with God. Now, we got to understand also this, and we're going to go to Psalms as I speak. Psalms chapter number 44. Let's look at Psalms 44. And we can also understand about these victories that we're having. The victories that we're having. Remember now, we're analyzing the defeat. We're analyzing why we were defeated. Understanding the power is of God. Our ability comes from God. Every victory we have is a gift from God. Every victory that we have is a victory. Every victory is a gift from God. Now, let's look at Psalms 44. Now, y'all keep your place in the book of Joshua. Psalms chapter number 44. We're going to begin verse number 1. Are we there? Psalms chapter number 44. Every victory that we have is a gift from God. That's something they had forgotten. They had forgotten that the last, the, the major battle they were in, it was a gift. God did it. It was a spiritual battle. It had nothing to do with their ability. Now, Psalms chapter number 44, verse number 1. Verse 1 says, We have heard with our ears, O God. Our fathers have told us what work thou didst in their days and the times of old. How thou, watch this, how thou didst drive out the heathens, meaning your enemy, with whose hand? Thy hand. Are we there in Psalms 44? How thou didst drive out the heathens, means your enemies, with thy hand. It was got by God's power, your enemy has been driven out. Then he goes on and says, and planted them, meaning you. How thou didst afflict the people and cast them out. What are you saying here, God? God says, you got to remember this. This is what you have to remember. And the scriptures is very profound. What you have to remember is God will drive out your enemy. Why is it? It's because your enemy is occupying your territory. And the word says God drives out the enemy and he plant you there. So whatever the enemy, whatever the enemy has, it was yours from the jump. So now God is planting you every in this season and the new frontier. Whatever we accomplish, whatever we acquire, God is going to remove your enemy and He's going to put you right there where you belong because really it's your turf anyway. It's, it belongs to you. Now He says uh, He's going to drive them out. He's going to afflict them, but He's going to plant you that you're going to be the one to occupy. Now, verse 3 says, For they got not the land in possession by their own sword. In other words, when you receive all the gifts that God has for you, every victory, all the things that the Lord wants to bless you in this upcoming year, in this year, because God let us know we're not going to be eating from the old corn anymore. Because he says in this year, we're going to be eating from the fruit of the land. And the Bible says they ate from the fruit of the land that year. That word fruit, that meant financial gain. He emphasizing it. I heard the president say this. 
I'm going to come down because I want to make sure we, we know that when it's on the air that, that they'll know too. I heard the president say this. Now, you see that the gas prices are going down. The next thing he says is, you take that money that you're saving from that gas and, the, and you, put it, you put it in savings. You do not take that money and go somewhere else and buy something else. Because he's, you know, the next thing he said, because the gas prices are not going to continue to be low. Now, if the top man would tell you because the gas prices are low, don't get so happy that you're going to ride all day long, all week long, go here and there, and do not save a penny. He's saying save it because what's going to happen? The gas prices are going to go back up. Now, if the president, who's the top man, would tell you it's going to go back up, what does that mean? It's going to go back up. But he's also telling you to save in the process. Why is he saying save in the process? Because things are going to get higher. I'm talking about living in the now. You see, some are still living yesterday. <laughs> you can't change the past. You can't replace it. It's already happened. And you can't live in the future because it may not even exist. you got to live in the now. Right now is when you do what you do. Tomorrow is not promised. So whenever God speaks a word to us and gives us an instructions, we've got to follow those instructions. And when we don't follow the instructions, that's when we lose the battle. Amen. You know, the old people, what's nothing wrong with them when they say, so, you'll put some money up for a rainy day? Because, see, you're not going to have everything that you had when things were prosperous. See, that's why you got to put up some things. you got to put up some money. Why? Because you don't never know what's going to happen. You never know what you're going to be faced with. You don't never know when you're going to have a bill that's going to cost you two or $300. And if you haven't put up nothing for a rainy day, what's going to happen? You're going to look around, look into somebody else, and then you're going to look stupid. Everybody's got the same instructions. Everybody has the same instructions. You know, we've got to remember, because things are going good at the moment, that does not mean it's going to continually go good. God will bless us, but how does he bless us? By giving us wisdom on how to handle what he's telling us to handle. Amen? Living in the now. Living in the now. And don't be in denial. It's, I'm going to take care of when it happens. No. No, if you hadn't taken care in the now, when it happened, you still won't be take, taking care of it. Amen? Amen. We're talking about living in the now. All right. We're back reading Psalms 44. Amen. I heard somebody say, move on. Now. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Now, well, that's verse number three. Verse three says... For they got not the land in possession by their own sword, not by your own power. Neither did their own save them. But thy right hand and thine arm and the light of thy countenance, because thou hadst a what? A favor. Whatever you have, whatever God has done in your life, it's all because the favor of God, God has on your life. It has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with I. It has nothing to do with the body. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with the favor that God has on your life. This is why he removed your enemy. You know, you know how it is sometimes. I'm going to use this analogy. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Sometimes, uh, the, and the word of God is true. Um, the Bible says he will take down one and raise up another. On your job, somebody might lose that, that position. And you might get promoted in that position. All what's happening is, and if we think all that's happening is, the word is being fulfilled. He will take down another, take down one, and put up another. Somebody's been taken down, and you just got promoted. See, uh, man hadn't cre created, invent or created or invented anything. All you got to do is go to the book. It's already written. And then, well, and you know, a lot of things, a lot of things we don't realize, or uh, the body of Christ does not realize, is because we're not in the book. Somebody said, well, what do you mean? Well, how many folks say that, uh, thank you, Holy Spirit. How many people say uh, Columbus discovered America? How many people say How many folks would talk that? But you know what? 
God, God's word say he sits on the circle of the earth. Now, he already knew. If God's word says he sits on the circle of the earth, that means God already knew the diameters of the earth. He already knew that. So man ain't invented nothing. All they had to do was read it in the book. Ain't nothing. Nothing was discovered. It was already here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It was, it was it's already here. Already here. Let me finish reading Psalms 44. Favor. Remember now, whatever you got, whatever, whatever comes your way, uh, th those, those possibilities that's in your new season, in this year, this, it emphasized this year. So whatever God's going to do, he's going to do it in this year. So it behooves us to make sure we get all the instructions that God has for us so we can attain what he has so whatever's going to come down the pipe, we will not be unprepared. Because he said this year, that fruit was a financial gain. That's what that word meant in Hebrew. God's going to bless in abundance this year. This year, he's going to bless. You're going to receive it. But how you handle what he gives you because of the favor of God upon your life, it's up to you. It's up to you. It's not up to anybody else. It's up to you. It's up to you. Then verse 4 says, you get to recognize something. He says, Thou art my king, O God. Command deliverances for Jacob. Jacob means the man that's in, in transition. It says, watch this, verse 5. Through thee, no other way. Through thee, meaning through God. Through thee will we push down what? Our enemies. Listen, you cannot fight your enemies. You cannot fight your enemies in your own self. You can't do it. It's only by through God. You push your enemy down. It's through the power of God. He says, through thee will we push down out. Oh, my God, I, heard, I saw a word there. Through thee will we. That means it's more than you. Through thee we will push down our enemies. Through thy name will we tread them under thy rise, under that that rises up against us. It's through the name of Christ. It's through him and through his name that we're going to be able to push down the enemy and occupy our own territory. It's all through the power of God. It has nothing to do with us. It has nothing to do with you. Huh. It's through God. It's through God. And then verse 4 says, For I will not trust prayer in my own bow, in my own ability. Neither shall my sword save me. He came to the understanding. He came to the uh, uh, recollection. He, he came to a, a, a place wherein he said, Okay, I realize this. Nothing that I have can allow me to accomplish what God's will is in my life. It's only through God that I can do anything. It's not through anything. In my ability, my gift, none of that. None, none of that. Now, let's go back to, let's go back to Joshua. Let's go back to Joshua. Understanding now, it's a gift. It's a gift. Everything, every battle, every battle, every victory is a gift from God. Now, I'm going to read verse 1 and, and, and verse and chapter number 8. It says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not. Neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee. All the people of war with thee. Now, they made the first mistake was when they decided how many folk need to go. Now, God's instruction was totally different. See, they didn't wait to hear God's instruction because they had won a battle, a victory, uh, they thought. Then they decided themselves, oh, we don't need but a few. But now God says, everybody's got to go. You got to go united. Everybody has to go. Everybody. Everybody has to go. He says, take all the people who are with thee. Arise, go to, the, go to the same place. Same place where you lost the battle. Now, ain't that, ain't that something almost at a kick in the whatever? He's telling you, go right back to that place in ruins where you lost the battle. See, Joshua, just like us, we get dismayed, we, 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 we just get upset, we, we, you know, we, we feel like, oh, God, I done messed up. But God's now, because he consulted him, and then now God is showing what to do. You take, everybody has to go. We have to be, I hear your Holy Spirit, we as a body has to be unified. We got to be unified. So whatever God is calling for the house to do, 
Two or three can't do it, the other five don't. You have to be unified in order to accomplish what God wants done. Then, understand the next thing he says, watch what God says. He says, I have given unto thy hand, says the king of Ai, and his people, and his city, and the land. There are four things. God said, I gave the king, and the king is over that place of ruins, and we're going to deal with the king. Those people represent them demons, and the city represents the stronghold, and that land is yours, but for you to occupy. Now, verse number two says, and thou shalt do to Ai, God's giving them specific instructions, do to Ai and her king, that place of ruins within our life has a king that we oftentimes overlook and refuse to recognize there's a king over all of those ruins, over those strongholds that's within our life. Now, a lot of times we were hard. Well, it's self-ruling, yeah, but self is being influenced. Watch the word. Watch the word. Watch the word. It says, and thou, you're going to do the, do, do the air, the same thing you did to and her king. See, that first stronghold, it had a king too. Now, that small stronghold, it also has a king. Now, let's look at Ephesians. Ephesians chapter number 6. Oh, the book of Ephesians chapter number 6. That's what I want to teach you a little bit. Ephesians chapter number 6. We want to deal with this king. Ephesians chapter number 6. Are we there? Ephesians chapter number 6. And we're going to look at verse number 11. Over there. You know, here in Ephesians chapter 6, we always talk about the armor, right? Always talk about the armor. But there's something more things there that God is wanting to reveal to you. Verse 11 says, Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of who? The devil. Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand. Now, that word stand, that means to be erect. It means, uh, the illustration that God gave me is like this. He said, you see a tree. If you can visualize a tree, a tree is standing. Now, the wind will come. That tree will be in all kinds of storms. But most times, that tree is not uprooted. Unless something has happened to the root. God says if our foundation, and that foundation is him, if our foundation is not right, this is why we keep getting uprooted. If our foundation, who is Jesus Christ, is not the way it should be, then if we be in that tree and we're supposed to be erect and stand, that's why it says put on the whole armor that you might be able to stand. If our roots don't go down, we're not in the in, in the foundation, or uh, uh, we're not in a situation where we're, in, we're embedded in the foundation, who is Jesus Christ. We gonna lose every battle it is anyway. Think about a tree and its roots. The roots go deep. Anything that, when it comes down to our roots, if our roots in Jesus Christ, I ain't talking. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm not just talking about lip service. God says. Not lip service, but are you rooted and grounded in him? That's what he's saying. He said, when you're rooted, there's no way that the storms of life can uproot you. Storms make you stronger. If your roots are there, the foundation. And what we don't do when, we, when our foundation is not intact, what happens? We can uproot it. We've got to be able to stand. You have to be able to stand. He says, being able to stand, what are you standing against? It says the wiles. The wiles ain't nothing but schemes and tricks of the devil. That's all the wiles is. It's Satan's trickery. And how many times are we tricked by Satan? Think about it. How many times are we tricked by the enemy? And you know what? The, okay, thank you, Holy Spirit. He said, go on. Okay, look at verse 12. 12 says, for we wrestle... 
not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Rulers of the darkness of where? Of this world. Against what? Spiritual weaknesses in high places. But the Holy Spirit said that flesh and blood, he said, that's the problem. See, the problem is this, God says this. We're so, we're so caught up in looking at the flesh, the flesh and blood. He says, our flesh is only tools. Our flesh is only a tool that Satan uses. He doesn't care about your flesh. Why is it? You remember we quoted Ecclesiastes a little while ago? Well, the earth is going back to the dust. Your flesh is going back to the dust. But your spirit is going to be with God. So what is, what is Satan really wrestling for? What is he wrestling for? He is wrestling for your soul. He, is, he doesn't care about your flesh. He knows it's going back to the dust. It's temporal. He wants your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Why? Because if he got your mind and your will and your emotions, how are you going to be able to go back with God? And we're fighting Satan, the devil. Well, so when you're fighting Satan, well, you're influenced by have you ever have, have you ever had some thoughts? You're like, where did that thought come from? That's not me. Where did them thoughts come from? Who you think planted them thoughts? Okay. When we get to that part, behind. Okay. We got to understand that there is an arch enemy. That we do not give, I don't say credit, but we do not recognize. We're talking about Satan himself. As long as he can stay here, as long as he can keep us looking at our brother and sister and we fight flesh, you know what's going to happen? We'll continue to fight flesh. Why? Because your flesh is just a tool that the enemy uses. Your flesh is a tool. It's a weapon that the enemy uses. God. And the real person behind that is who? Satan himself. Why? What does it say? We wrestle. That means you're in close contact. Close contact. The wrestling takes place on the inside. Good and evil. It says we wrestle not against flesh and blood because those are tools. It says but against principalities, the darkness of this world, against spiritual weaknesses in the high places. That's Satan. His demons. This is where our wrestle is. Not our wrestle is not against our brother or our sister. Our wrestle is against Satan himself. So that's why your tools got to be spiritual. This is what you got to use. Now let's go back to let's go back to, to Joshua. Let's go back to Joshua. We're almost done. Joshua chapter number eight. We're gonna let the latter part of, of Verse number two. Let me get the latter part of verse number two. Now, God has already said that we have to recognize who is the king that's behind those ruins within. Who is that arch enemy? See, Satan, is, the Bible says Satan is the accuser of the, of, of the brethren. That's who, whenever we begin to accuse our brethren, we have to recognize what spirit is operating uh, behind that. What's, what spirit is operating? Satan is operating. The Bible tells us we're supposed to love one another. Satan's not going to tell you to love your brother or your sister or do good. He's not going to tell you that. He'll tell you to hate him. He'll tell you to kill him. But see, you got to understand, it's Satan that's operating. As long as we keep him out of the picture, he is happy. You know why he's happy? They don't even know I'm doing this. They just think there's the opposition on the outside. It's that spirit. Look at what we're fighting against. Go back to Joshua. Joshua. Now, God gives a strategy. He gives a strategy. Um, after you recognize who, who the king is, because God said, I'm going to give you the king. I'm going to give you the one that's right behind your enemy, who's, who's the, that influence that's taking place. Then he goes on and says, only the spoils thereof. That means in this battle that you're going to get to keep everything. The first one, God said, don't touch anything. That's how... We get in trouble when God tells us don't touch something. 
and we touch it, when we disturb that seed, or we disturb our hope chest that has our harvest, then, then we mess up. Because God said, no, you don't touch that. But this time, in the, in the next battle, even though it's a small stronghold, God said, now you can have all this, but I'm going to tell you how you're going to get it. Now, he goes on to say, he says, only the spoils thereof and the cattle thereof shall ye take for a prey unto yourselves. Watch this. He says, lay thee an ambush for the city behind it. Lay thee an ambush for the city behind it. Now God says, an ambush is nothing but a surprise attack. There's a saying that goes like this. If you keep doing the same thing over and over and over, what are you going to get? Anybody know what it's saying? The same results. If you keep doing the same thing over and over, you're going to get the same results. So now God says you're going to set an ambush. What's the ambush? You're not going to do the same thing. He doesn't expect you to do the same thing. See, see, now Satan thinks that, okay, I've got them on the hook. They're going to keep on doing the same thing over and over and over. But God says change your strategy. Change your strategy. Don't do what you did the last time. Because the enemy already know that one. He know he can get you on that one. But God says, you come behind. And I looked at that stuff about uh, uh, the word behind. And it was, just, it, 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 was, it was just awesome about that word behind. And I said, okay, now, what does that definition of the word behind mean? And God said, and I'm, I'm looking at the definition of the word behind. It says that to be behind another. To be behind another. Mr. Marshall, can I use you? May I? If you, don't, if you don't mind. Maybe sometimes illustration. Amen. Sometimes you need to see it. Amen. You need to see it to understand it. Okay? That word behind. Remember, behind. So God says this. Now, your, your strategy plan now is to be behind the city. Now, when I'm behind, if I'm behind... Come here, Jada. Yeah, because I can see that baby see me. Come here, you're a small kid. Come on, come on, come on, come on. No, no, you go. We are we, demonstrating this word behind. This is the problem right now. We're being caught. We're not going to be caught. He says, the way you're going to get, trick your enemy, the strategy, strategy you're going to use this time, you are going to be behind another. Who is the another? The another is Christ. The word of God says we are hid in Christ Jesus. In other words, you're not supposed to be seen. So as long as you're behind here, as long as you're behind another, as long as you're behind Christ, the enemy can't get to you. But the moment, the moment we step out in front, we lose the battle. And see, the thing is, victory has already been given to us, but because we refuse to stay in our place, Remain behind. That's how we win the battle. That's how we get victory. We have to be hid in Christ Jesus. Thank you for your services. That be here. He says, he says, now you got to be, be behind, get behind the city now. Get behind another. Not no human being. You get behind the sovereign God. Fine. Understand your position is to be hid in him. It's to be hid in Christ. See, when, you're, when we are hid in Christ, the enemy cannot see us. So God giving us a strategy plan. This year, in our new frontier, he said, let us be less of self shown and more of him. Amen. Okay, so this is a surprise attack now. You see, you know why it's a surprise? Because you ain't been using that. Haven't been using that one. That's why it's going to be a surprise to Satan. Okay, I'm going to quickly, quickly finish this out. Okay? Now, verse number three says, So Joshua rose, and all the people wore to go up against Ai. And, and Joshua chose out 30,000 men of valor and sent them away by night. See, you got to use a different approach. You remember in the previous chapter, let's just send up 3,000. We got it. Here now, it's saying, You send up 30,000. You send up it all. All that you have, you send it up. You set up all that you have. Then verse 5 says, And I and all the people that are with me will approach unto the city, and it shall come to pass 
when they come out against us as at the first, that we will flee before them. Verse number 6, it says, For they will come out after us till we have drawn them from the city. What God's saying you got to do, you've got to draw the enemy out of his stronghold. So you, this time, you've got to fool the enemy. And how you fool them, the way you raise, you don't do it as you've done it in the past. You don't keep doing the same thing over and over. You do, your strategy has to be different because what you had before didn't work. Okay, so now your strategy has to be different. So what God is saying, you draw your enemy out. You draw him out. And when you draw him out, who's, gonna be, who's in the rear? It's because you're going to be behind the person that's in the rear. And the person that's in the rear is going to be Christ himself. God himself, the mighty warrior. You know, the one, the, 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 um, the, uh, the king of Judah. See, you've got to understand who is heading up the battle. Once you throw your enemy out, the enemy is going to think, okay, I, I'm a, I got him just like I did before. Because see, a lot of times we like to come up front to confront the enemy. No, no, no. God says, change that strategy. You, you change up. When you draw him out, then watch what happens in the battle. Look at uh, verse number 7. It says, Then ye shall rise up from the ambush, surprise attack, seize upon the city, for the Lord your God will deliver it into your hands. Now, here's a command from God. Verse number 8, something they didn't do before. you got to remember, you cannot disturb the seed. Your seed is the hope chest that carries your harvest, that holds your harvest. Verse number 8, which is the last verse, it says, And it shall be, when ye have taken the city, that means you've got possession of that stronghold, that ye shall set the city well on fire. In other words, them giants that you kept and brought them into, into your, uh, in your, your new frontier, God says, you've got to destroy every last one of them. You got another opportunity. Another opportunity. See, he took here Jericho. Now it's Ai. So God said, You set that fire. You destroy all those giants. Destroy them all. He says, Set it on fire. That means to consume it. According to the commandment of the Lord shall ye do. See, I have commanded ye. God says, He's commanded us to do this that way. This is the strategy that God is saying for this year. It's very important um, living in the now. Don't live in your yesterday. Don't live in your tomorrow. But live right now. Hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. You have to hear what God is saying. That's why it's so important to have every piece of the battle plan. Every piece you've got to have. Now, if you have any questions, we're, much, we're very much available. But also, we have this thing we have called CDs. Get your CD. And you listen to it over and over and over. Don't miss one. Why? Because if you miss just one of them, you're going to miss part of the battle plan. Just like that. You're going to miss part of it. How many, how many people miss part of your battle plan? How many miss part of it? See, if, 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 God, if God gives instructions, and if we miss just one, that means something's going to mess up in, 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 the, in, in, the, in the battle. So it's very important that we don't miss anything. It's very important. Now let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. So we're living in the now. Amen. Living in the now. Living in the now. So I think and praise God that, that uh, you've heard what the Spirit of the Lord has said. And that series, if God says so, we'll finish. Because, see, God has told us, told us exactly what we need to do. He's, he's given us the plan. He's, he's, he's released it. He's done it. So now all we have to do, you see, it's going to show up. Whether or not we've taken everything in, God says it will show up. Because you know what? Achan was there with everybody else when the command was given. He was there. But because he was there and did not listen, and, and it was about self, then what happens is he calls not only himself, but his whole family to be killed. Anytime we do not hear and obey what God says, it doesn't just affect us. It affects everybody else too. 
Amen. Have you ever thought about that? It affects everyone else. You're not the only one that's in the battle. Okay? It will affect everybody. Amen? So we just thank and praise God. I hope uh, didn't, at this time, we're, we're off, I pray we're off the air. We can cut it off. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. I pray that you are able to receive what the Lord has to say. If I can emphasize one thing, I can emphasize this one thing more than anything else. Please, ma'am, and please, sir, do not disturb your seed. Your seed has been planted by God. Seed is your time. Seed is your meditation time. Your seed is your finances. Your seed is your joy. Your seed is your peace. Whenever we disturb that what's in that hope chest, that's our harvest, then we can mess up things. Don't disturb it. I don't care what it is. I don't care what the enemy presents. Do not disturb it. You know why? Because when we disturb the seed, it comes with consequences behind it. It comes with consequences. Check out the first eight chapters of Joshua. You want to study somewhere this week? Go to the book of Joshua and study the first eight chapters. And you will see how we will see our own selves and we will see how victory has been given to us and how we can lose what we get, the victory that God has given because we disturb the seed. Amen. But you know what? I go back to it again. This is going to be a good year for those that obey. <laughs> For those that obey, amen. For those that obey. And I praise God. I think I called one time. Was it one time I called you? Thank you, Jesus. And I appreciate him for that. Uh, how many people would like to have a uh, uh, CD? Okay, one, two, three, four, five. Mr. Marshall, I, I brought you, and I didn't bring it today, but I did bring it. I brought it on Wednesday, but I'll get it to you. Uh, uh, Jericho, you need to hear it. Because those that... Uh, I meant to get a CD and I didn't get a CD, but anyway, um, I'll pass on the uh, uh, the DVD so you'll be able to 